everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. Hi, this is T Outlaw. And we are back with an all new episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Um, you can always find me for new listeners if you ever want to, I don't know, shoot me a tweet online at JJ Outlaw. You can catch me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And every episode, I am here with my BFF, that dude, the Dark Desperado. Poppin' Fresh, I think that's what we called you. Poppin' Fresh? <laughs> remember it was Fresh Squeeze? <laughs> wow. I don't remember this. <laughs> you know what? If you can name yourself Dark Desperado, I can name you Poppin' Fresh. Anyway, <laughs> my BFF, um, my hubby, Tiawa. <laughs> that's me. If you can see the face he's giving me right now. <laughs> The shade is real. <laughs> I wouldn't call it shade, but anyway. Where can they find you online for our new listeners? Which, apparently, we got quite a few since our last episode. Cool. Well, you can find me, T-Outlaw, on Twitter at T-Outlaw, T-O-U-T-L-A-W, and on Instagram at T-Outlaw Josie Wells. You can also find me at Blacksit on other mediums, but don't go looking. Blacksit? I am Blacksit. On what medium? This is new to me. I'll tell you later now. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, apparently he's slap happy now. I'm not slap happy. I'm just kidding. Anyway. Well, anyway, everyone, it's really great to be back on the mic. Um, welcome to those of you who've joined us, because like I said, we picked up a lot of new listeners since our last podcast and for those of you who are joining us after our bob's burgers interview how do you do to you <laughs> also since it's i think the last time we were on the mic it was in may yes. um want to also say happy pride to our listeners who celebrate pride um and we also celebrate pride even if um you are not a member of the lbgtq um, plus community if you're um, ally happy pride to you and happy black music month as well because all music we invented so there cool <laughs> yeah. uh, i have to say it feels really good to laugh and it does for those of you who are joining us um as this episode is being released you probably know that it's been a trying couple of weeks since we've been on the mic you know, with the shootings that happened in Buffalo, New York, Uvalde, Texas, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, right before we started recording, we learned of an execution style shooting that happened and just outside of Madison, Wisconsin, um, with this person, like, I guess he like zip tied a retired judge to a chair and shot him. And the guy had like a kill list of other people. Um, yeah, we have been really hit lately, for lack of a better word, with just a lot of insane um, happenings that's going on. Yeah, there's been an onslaught of uh, unfortunate incidents and... For the most part, it has it's almost become like a daily occurrence. Even on the weekends, there's always been something new, but also quite scary. We're just going to say that. 
And I have to say, it's... I, I know it's probably been weighing on you a lot. It's been weighing on us a lot. Um, for those of you who listened to our last regular episode, um, you may have noticed even the little like intro that we recorded right beforehand. And we were talking right before we went on the mic, like how, I mean, do we address it? Do we not address it? Do we talk about it? And, you know, we decided it would be kind of disingenuous not to at least say something because like you, at least I hope like you, you know, watching all of this, it's been really alarming, especially what happened in Uvalde. Um, because the more you hear about what happened in Uvalde, the more horrible it gets by the minute. You know, the fact that there were upwards of like, what, 19 police officers in the building? Just inside the building, not mentioning outside the building. Yes. Like there were people, like parents who were like breaking into the building and going full Rambo and saving their kids. So shout out to those people. Um, In defiance of the orders by the people outside. Right. Exactly. Who wasn't going in. Or like the story of what happened in Buffalo, New York, where that guy was a raging bigot and he cased the, the place. And it's just so heartbreaking because of all the people that he killed. You know, he did this out of malice, obviously, because he was, I'm going to say it, the word white supremacist. And, you know, he believed in this theory that by virtue of us as people of color, as black people just existing, it takes away from his life somehow. Because there are some people out there who, who are preaching this replacement theory or something. And, you know, when you see things like that constantly all the time and you hear things like that, you know, it just kind of weighs on your soul. And as people, we're supposed to go about our business and do our lives. And um, and we'll talk about this in a moment. This happened in the midst of like something really cool that was happening for us. So we were trying to stay positive at the same time. We wanted to just cry. Sure. Um, so it's been a really hard couple of weeks. And I just want to acknowledge that. I'm sure you have some words to say about it. Um, first and foremost, we are sending prayers of comfort, um, of peace to the family and friends of those affected. Um, yeah, we, we, we can't even imagine what it's like to lose someone in the way that you've lost your loved one, um, whoever they may be, um, I don't want to be the only person to talk in. No. And to be honest, we. Well, first and foremost, let me ask. Yeah. Right now, like at this moment on the, and for the audience. Right. Mental checking. How are you feeling? Wait, are you asking the audience or are you asking me? I'm asking you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, they can't answer you. <laughs> no, they cannot. <laughs> you can later, but I'm probably not hearing you at this moment. I, you know what, going into the mic, and I can say something because usually in this segment, for those who are new, we usually go back and forth. So you'll start and then I will join in. Yes. But we decided just to have a conversation. Right. 
um, because we knew that we would get emotional talking about this. Um, so my check-in <laughs> is the more I talk about it, the more it's been really weighing on me because there are layers to this and our processing. I mean, in general, the loss of life has just been so astronomical, especially what happened in Uvalde. Those are children. Correct. Those are yeah. babies. Are. Oh my God. Two teachers. Yeah. And two teachers. And even though I unfortunately have never been blessed to be a mom, I've been a kid. I know kids. <laughs> um, I can't imagine this. And then this happened not that long after what happened in Buffalo. Right. And just not only the colossal sense of sadness over the loss of these people's lives, especially when you learn about a lot of these were older black adults who lived in this community. There was also a retired police officer who was a security guard who also lost his life in this. Right. And the fact that not only is it a gun violence issue, but as a black woman to see that he targeted those people, particularly because they're black, you know, is to live in existence all the time of just being afraid about my well-being, about my family's well-being. You know, my mother and father are black. My siblings are black. My husband is black. I'm black. I'm black. <laughs> yes. But all jokes aside, it's it's hard because you hear the guy cited replacement theory is the reason why he did it. And you hear people talk about this bigoted theory like all the time. And you and I've had discussions with people in the past like this is alarming. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's not. And then you see someone like take upon himself to kill people for that reason. And it's it's really hard. So going into this, I told myself I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I kind of prepared myself to kind of not be so vulnerable in front of the mic because <laughs> we have to get through a show. Right. True. But yeah, um, I'm not going to lie and say that this is probably the easiest or the the best I have been on the mic in discussing an issue. Because it just. This is your heart. It weighs on you because, you know, the loss of life is senseless, right? It is. And then it weighs on you because of the various reasons why it happened. You know, it just feels like we were just getting over the wave of sadness and feeling a fear that was instilled with the Buffalo shooting. And then you see the Uvalde shooting. And then you learn about what happened during the Uvalde shooting that made it all the worse, like 78 minutes. No one responded to those children's calls from inside the building for 78 minutes. And then after that, Tulsa happened. And then it's just, it's never ending, you know? And then you get frustrated because all of them use like the same gun. Like in the case of the, the Tulsa, the guy who shot the hospital 
that afternoon he went and bought his AR-15 and then he just went shooting people. This is not a political show. I'm not going to waste my time talking about the rights and wrong of the AR-15. I know people who collect guns. I grew up in Indiana. (laughs) Um, In the heart of Indiana, I know a lot of people because the space I grew up with, a lot of people choose to go hunting and deer hunting and things like that. Although I'm sure they don't use AR-15s because the way they work, they would like destroy the meat and everything. Yes, they would. I mean, it's like a gun of war. I don't see that. But the fact that we are not willing to acknowledge as a country, especially when you look at other countries, we're like the only Western country um, that deals with these shootings on the regular. It's just insane. And particularly, and again, I don't want to be the only one just talking, but. um, This is your check-in. This is your, you know, your testimony. So yeah, but I, I think the part that just makes it so enraging is the fact that we are not willing to be honest with ourselves about the real problem, right? Because I've heard, yeah, they should just have one door going into the building. Okay, so if there's like a fire, everyone's going to leave out of one door, right? In and out one door. That doesn't make any sense. It's violent video games. Dude, let me just tell you guys, for those who don't know me, I when I was a kid, when I was in college, when we met, I played Mortal Kombat like a fiend, like a motherfucking fiend. Okay. I played Madden. <laughs> Seriously, Mortal Kombat. I can kick your butt probably in Tekken. Maybe it was Tekken Mobile. Sorry, that's what all I knew was sports games at that point. You paid me in Mortal Kombat once. It was not pretty. We're not going to go into We're just going to say that I, I, <laughs> I'm not a good video game player. <laughs> except for sports games. Tekken, man. Street Fighter. Man, that was my jam. Okay? But as many times as I played Mortal Kombat, I did not leave and go make pe- yanking people's body parts off like Scorpion. Video games don't work like that. Okay, I'm sorry. If that's the case, Generation X would have mowed you guys down a long time ago. Let it be said, though. <laughs> every once in a while, didn't you just want to have that feeling like you wanted to take a lightsaber and do a little little shredding? Well, yeah, and I rarely tell people, it's a good thing I don't have the force, because I can't be trusted with that shit. Okay. okay. <laughs> I straight up would be going after people. Back in the day when I had PMS, let me tell you something. <laughs> Um, Half of y'all would have been dead. Okay. Well, well, well. <laughs> Just being honest. But what I'm trying to say is, it's not the video games, right? It's not. I heard somebody say it was rap music. Come on, that old chestnut. You've been blaming rap music since hip hop began, since we were children. That was still the same complaint. Let me tip you off to something. It is not the rap music. I'm sorry. It is not. (laughs) It's not. It's the gun. Okay. (laughs) It's the AR-15. Maybe you shouldn't make it so easy to get something like that. I mean, dude, we regulate cars. It's easy to get one of these guns in Sudafed. I mean, come on. (laughs) 
I'm not going to go into a lot of details because, again, I don't want that to be the focus of today's show. But in terms of checking in, yeah, this week has been really, really hard. What about you? What about me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Hi, this is Tiago again. And oh, wait, where can they find you? Oh, you already did that. Yes, I did speak on like my own social media handles. I, I've just been lost in that last statement. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> we with you. No, I and please forgive me because this is I'm going to do my best to be short. And I like me. Sorry. Un, no, no, it's okay. And it's unscripted, but this is my heart, so I will speak it as well as I can. The best thing I can say is this. We can blame the gun because that's, you know, been the weapon of choice for a lot of these uh, <clears throat> these acts of carnage. Um, but that's not the only only re- only way. Sorry, this occurred. Um, but let's start off with saying this. How do I feel? First and foremost, I have gone through. A period of alternating between feeling very raw, very sensitive, very cringy on like on edge about everything. About literally looking over my shoulders because make no mistake, it affects all of us first and foremost. But I've gone between being very sensitive, crying, anger, frustration. And then at the same time, feeling numb. And the doggy producer has uh, feelings that he wants to share also. But we're not going to let him. I'm not really sure why he's doing that. We're going to take... You know, I'm really not sure what happened with this barking, but go ahead, Tweety. No. Let's just say starting off, yeah, alternating between being very sensitive and bra and being numb, because after reading a lot of stories around a lot of subjects that have to do with pain, suffering, death, and this is even before random mass shootings. This is even like going back to like you know the subway shooter. This is going back to. Um, the shooting uh, of the the gas shot shop the area in L.A. Um, let me say, after feeling this, like after you read all these stories, you just—it's almost like a lot of people feel like the feeling of, "Hey, you know what? I, it, 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 everything is happening every day. There's always something." Well, that is true, but at a certain point. At a certain point, when you start feeling this every single day and you start not feeling it, maybe that's what the collective feeling of, you know, this country is. We're numb. And what can we do about it? Just keep saying, like, you know, some people are saying, oh, no, we shouldn't worry about, like, what, you know, all these people are going on. Because, you know, that's just a thing. That's a daily occurrence. Really? Do you really want to say that's just a daily occurrence and just ignore it? Because... The thing I'm feeling is, because we're talking about right now, because we're black and brown, that's that's one segment of the community. Well, I'm sorry to tell you that at a certain point, it's going to affect you. 
all of you, all of us. And the thing that bothers me is for the people who just kind of dismiss it or say like, well, you know, we need better people with better guns. Well, this isn't, I like to believe we progress past, I don't know, the wild, wild west. I like to believe we have gone past, I don't know, the Civil War or the American Revolution. I believe we, we've advanced past that because I believe we are decent people. Um, but saying this quickly, I think the, the gun is like, you know, the element of destruction. The AR-15 just happens to be the bulk, you know, weapon of choice. I think the bigger problem is, you know, some people say it's mental health. It kind of is, but at the same time, the one kind of goes with the other, you know, I take the opinion that really we all need to just stop, have a collective moment that we all, every single person needs to say, hey, stop. Let's all take a collective. I'm not going to say a kumbaya moment, but we all going to stop and respect each other and say, listen, we have a problem. We don't have time to ignore the problem anymore. Let's figure it out together, not divisively playing like, you know, roles and games like, you know, of who of he says, she said, whatever they want to say. It's all of us. And we all need to collectively take a breath and say, listen, we have a problem. And we collectively, if we want to be that quote unquote country that I'm sorry to tell you when they say that we don't see color. You damn well see color. You damn well see sex and um, sexual orientation. You damn well see uh, misogyny. You just don't act upon it. So let's all just get together and say, listen, we got a problem. And we need to fix it together. Not, uh, you know, here, there, everywhere. You know, this side, you know, is this side's fault or this side's fault. No, it's all of our faults. And we all need to come together and get this together, first and foremost, along with saying, I don't have to love you, but I have to respect you. You know, for you know, young kids who have been disillusioned by whatever stimulus, if you mad, you mad. But at the same time, you ain't going you can't live here in this country on this earth. And always be mad about something. You have to feel something. And really the only thing I can say to you is God bless you. Because if God or whatever deity made you. He made you with love. Not with hate. And if we keep leaving, you know, letting the devil intrude upon our daily lives. What kind of existence do we have? That right now is what I'm feeling. That's my check in. That's all I can say. Mm. Well, no matter from what aspect you come from it, and I think you and I come from different angles at some point, I I think the basis of what you're saying about this has to be a problem that we all have to be committed to solving. I think that's the important thing. Right. Um, And I don't think everyone's heart is in it. Not truly. 
I mean, I think we hear the same stories every time. We we heard the same stories after Sandy Hook. We heard the same stories after the nightclub shooting, you know? Mm-hmm. And we heard a similar story, like, you know, at the shooting at the churches. Right. Um, after at what, the synagogues, at the mosques. Right. And at some point, we just need to stop. Um, I, the part that really gets me the most, and I think it's really shaken me, is the fact that I think we're getting used to it to the point where it's just like, oh, well, there's another people shooting, and then we just go back to life the way it was. It kind of, it kind of reminds me, and I don't want to bring it back up again. And we didn't want to talk about this extensively. That was not our point of having this discussion on the mic. Um, I think I told the story before where I used to be more focused as a freelance writer. Um, and I remember when Fernando Castile was shot and killed by police, he was a licensed gun owner. He told the police officer, Hey, when he got pulled over just to be smart and do what I'm supposed to do, I have a gun in here. And, you know, I'm licensed to carry blah, blah, blah. And he was shot and killed. And he was bleeding out and dying in a car with his partner. Mm-hmm. And his young daughter, I think. daughter, her his partner's daughter, they were engaged. So it was to be his future stepdaughter in the backseat. Okay. And she was no more than three or four. And I remember seeing the video and just feeling just so crushed and defeated. Because you could hear the little girl pleading like to her mom. Her mom is weeping in the car because she just saw the love of her life get mowed down, right? For no explanation. And the, her daughter is, control, is consoling her. Mommy's going to be okay. And it was just the little girl's voice had just like squeezed me to the poor. And I just remember that day distinctly when the video first came out. Because I was writing a story for a magazine. And I had as part of my story an interview, and I think if I'm not mistaken, it was an interview with the HGTV star, you know, the one that we talked about, the big fancy oven that had to be hand-delivered. Oh, yeah, I really remember that. Yeah. So he was doing the house, right? And I had a chance to interview him, and I was really excited about going into that day. And I just remember I could not stop crying. And as luck would have it, I was thinking to myself, I don't know how I'm going to get through the day. I don't know how I'm going to have this interview with this guy. I I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And then luck intervened, right? And he had to cancel because he had some like big project that went over that he needed to have done. You know, he apologized. You know, we traded emails. Okay, we'll reschedule. But I was so grateful because I could not function that day. Mm -hmm. And I remember at one point, I had to go to the grocery store because I needed to make dinner. So I went to the grocery store and I, what what took me was this Flando's death made national news, right? So it was everywhere. And they kept 
replaying that video because if the media likes to do one thing, it's they like to show black pain over and over again, right? So you saw that shot. By the time that morning had ended, I had seen that video like five times in the news. And I'm a news junkie. I watch the news all the time. I had to turn it off because I'm like, I need to focus on taking care of me. So I went to the grocery store, which if you listen to the store normally, you would also know that I'm a weirdo and I like grocery shopping. You do like to go grocery shopping. <laughs> and, but I just remember like trying to gather myself before going into the store. And then I walked in the store and I noticed how people were just like normal, like it was an ordinary day. And I was just shaken by, did you not watch the news? Did you not see this horrible thing? How are you not destroyed? And I remember I saw this black woman, elderly black woman, it's an older woman, um, a woman of a certain age. And we made eye contact and her eyes were red and my eyes were red. And we kind of gave each other the nod and she whispered to me as we passed each other in the produce, are you okay? And I nodded and I was like, you? And she nodded. And we just kind of exchanged that look like, okay, we're not crazy. We're completely destroyed by what happened. And we're just kind of giving each other that space and grace that, okay, we're feeling this. Okay. So then, you know, I, I had to go through the line and check myself out and all of that stuff. Strike and Ventiles didn't have self-checkouts then, so I actually had to go through the line and cry in front of the person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was really kind of a mess. Okay. But I, I say that story because I hadn't felt like that in a very long time until this past week with all, all the shootings. And again, seeing that we have become so numb and so used to all of this that we can go back to another day and not collectively just lose our shit and demand change. It's really kind of sad to me because it, it was, it just kind of destroyed me. And even like I said, we'll talk about how it affected our week in a minute because we had the Bob's Burgers interview, which was a bright spot, but in the midst of celebrating this bright spot, I had to like get myself out of that funk <laughs> right. to do the interview. And it was really hard. It really was. Okay. Let me, let me just say this. And I, I swear I'm not going to like go into a tangent any more, at least about this, <laughs> but um, I want you to understand with full throw it vibrancy about why this bothers me about what's going on at this moment bothers me. Because it, I, I have to feel it because I'm, I'm kind of part of everything. When I speak about, when I'm worried about, let's say the tops uh, shooting in Buffalo, I have to think about it every day because we live in a chocolate city where we are kind of in a food desert. Because the we have a grocery store like right up here, which is, you know, a lot of African American people frequent. Right. You know, it's getting like a good little, little more gentrified right now. But quote unquote, um, if something were to happen to that store and it closed, even for like remodeling for a little while, 
Eh, the next store might be a dollar store, which is not too far from it. But at the same time, the next grocery store with produce and all this other stuff is a ways away, first right. and foremost. So, and there was a, if I believe right, like a year or two ago, a couple of years ago, there was a stabbing in there. Um, so. And that was, I, I think it closed for a short period, but it was, it's one of those things where, yeah, I had to feel it because I kind of live in the area that was reminiscent of the people a Buffalo had to experience. And the part about Ubaldi scared me too, because one, I have family that are teachers. I have a lot of friends that I went to school with that are teachers. teachers. Yeah. And let me explain to you when that day, when I started hearing how bad things got, I sent a text to my sister. I sent a text to my cousin. I sent correspondence on social media to a couple of the you know people I knew. And I just asked them, are you okay? And I will pray for you and your family that you are, you know, you are settled and that you are secure at this moment. I also am hardened by Ubaldi because when and for the guys who went to, ladies and gentlemen who went to high school with me, know that when I was a freshman in high school, I remember a, very specifically like a late um, fall lunchtime, I believe it was fall, where not too far from, I was halfway across the quad of my high school on campus when um, a young man got into it with a uh, I guess another student and he went and got his pistol came back and basically just started shooting at him um this kid lost his life and we went into a panic we went into a lockdown some of us you know, like we didn't know what to do and we all some of us like because it was kind of an open campus we all just we either ran somewhere or we had to go huddle in place. And then at a certain point we were left to go home. But other than like a couple talks with, you know, people, counselors, as you will, there was really not a lot that was done, but you know, we had memorials and whatever. Um, but the thing was, I still carry that with me because that was my first year of high school and, you always remember stuff you did in high school, but the thing was, straight up and out, is one of those things where it may not affect you today, but at a certain point, somewhere, somehow, karma will tell you that it will touch you in some way, form, or fashion. And that you, when you hear that, you feel that panic, there's no escaping it. It hurts. That's it. Well, I, I think this is kind of an awkward moment to make a transition, but I think we also need to. Um, Damn it, I did it. Because <laughs> I, I, I think we need to. I'm glad we had this discussion. Um, it's sort of a weird and awkward way to open up a podcast about <laughs> and pop culture, but at the same time, 
it was needed. And I'm hoping that conversations are had elsewhere. But yeah, it. you know what? There's no easy way to put this. So we're going to transition on. Okay. Um, that said, we meant what we had said about, um, you know, I, I hate the term thoughts and prayers because we use it so often now. That it's hollow. So I will only say that we're sending, um, we're meditating on for the comfort of peace, for peace and comfort for those affected by this. And that we hope that they um, get what they need to get through the day. And that we have leaders that will put aside, you know, monetary gains that they may get from people who profit off the deaths of these individuals in order to hopefully they do the right thing. Um you know, the time off mic since we last recorded was not all this, as we alluded to before. We um, had a nice, the Goober had a very nice get together, a nice interview yes. that you heard. <laughs> Hopefully you heard. Um, yes. I, um, a, what was it, about three weeks ago now? Was it three weeks ago? It seems like it. it it's been so long ago. Well, the movie was released around, what was it, just for Memorial Day? Well, yeah, the movie was released last week, but when we were contacted, okay. it was two, almost three weeks ago, I got an email from an individual who basically reached out to us, who asked, were we familiar with Bob's Burgers? And they wanted to include the Gourmet Goober podcast and this press junket you know, and wanted to know how we felt about interviewing the movie th- makers. So once I read the email, you know, I tried to like, you know, handle it like a mature adult because, you know, I've been building this media brand for a while. Mm-hmm. But honestly, what happened was I went into where Big Daddy was working in the office and I started to do a happy dance and be really obnoxious. <laughs> she fangirled out. Like, Seriously. Ridiculous, yo. I'm not even lying to y'all. Uh, now looking back on it, I'm kind of embarrassed because I'm just like, I don't want to be too eager. We're gonna interview Bob, we're gonna interview people from Bob's Burgers. Oh my god. And then I started like <laughs> you looked at me like breathe. Yes. <laughs> I thought she was hyperventilating. Yeah, I was like, are you hyperventilating? And I was like, yes, because I actually couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you get on the phone with your dad at one point and he had to talk you down too? I got on my phone with my dad. Now keep in mind, I haven't emailed the guy back yet. <laughs> I was on the phone with my dad, and my dad was like, um, are you breathing? <laughs> Big Daddy's like, no, she's not breathing. Get a, do I need to get a paper bag? Yes. So finally I'm like, oh, wait, I should email him back and say, yeah, we're interested. Okay, I'm going to like be an adult here. Thank you for reaching out to us. La 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 la. Yes, we are familiar with Bob's Burgers and we are big fans. We would welcome them on our podcast. Please send details. JJ. <laughs> so then I didn't hear from for a little bit. So I thought, oh, maybe I sounded a little too eager. <laughs> she started getting nervous. But then he emailed me back after a couple days. And we kind of went back and forth 
about this and I wanted to tell everybody. If it was up to me, I put it like on a billboard. <laughs> I started writing a press release for it. Thought she was gonna get a t shirt. <laughs> and Big Daddy's like, um, maybe you should like wait until we get the confirmation. So then I get an email back, hey, so because at first it was just Lauren and Nora. And they're like, we may be able to get Bernard Derryman, who is an animator on the series. Would you be interested too? And we could be able to give you a screener. A screener? Ooh, like, you know, one of those fancy Hollywood screeners? You know, now we big time. And of course, went into the office. Apparently, I can only get these emails when you're working. <laughs> yes. So you're like on the computer. You're trying to make deadline. And I'm like walking in and shaking you as you're typing. <sighs> what is a JJ? Oh my god, we're getting to see the movie first. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm like literally losing my shit. And Big Daddy, <laughs> no response. <laughs> you were just like a wall. At one point, I was like, mm-hmm. Are you happy about this? Because I'm like losing my shit right now. This is pretty cool. Because you know how long I've been waiting to see the Bob's Burgers movie. Yes, yes, I've known how long you've been waiting to see. Because they announced it back in 2017, yo. I don't know why I said yo. And then it was supposed to be out last summer, and then they delayed it. And remember when they delayed it? I even talked about on the show how upset I was. (laughs) I'm like, we've been waiting for this for so long. It's like, next to them delaying Miss Marvel last year? We'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) The fact that they delayed Bob's Burgers really honked me off. Yeah, she was over in the corner, like when they were like, oh, hold on, they might delay it for a little bit. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I sound like Tina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the truth is, you were excited, right? You were just playing sensible person to my fangirliness. Well, somebody had to be play the bad cop to this. <laughs> so, long story short. I was able to um, schedule a time. Unfortunately, because the time kept changing, and and I got it. I got the screener. Which, by the way, if you have not seen Bob's Burgers, the Bob's Burgers movie, please do. It's so great. We'll talk about it more in a moment, but it's really good. But after seeing the screener, we arranged the interview. The interview was unfortunately during the time that you were working, and you just couldn't skip out on that. Um, because you had just gotten back from your staycation. Yes. So I had to take on the interview by myself, which, you know, I was confident in doing because I've had interviewed people before. But at the same time, I think this is the first time we did something for the podcast that wasn't together as a team. And I felt really kind of guilty about that because everything we built is something we've done together. Um. But you're the one who basically said, you know what, it's your name on, kind of your name is the title. (laughs) You'd be okay and you can handle it. You're the goober. And more importantly, I'm like, it comes down to the concept of, well, this is what you want. I know that you are prepped with research about, you know, the quote unquote show. Right. The producers, the animators you know, the creators and as such, you know, almost all the characters. So thus, 
it's not like you don't know what you're talking about. It's just a matter of getting centered. We're just going to say that. It was, that was the only thing I was just trying to make sure that she was centered enough to be able to get this interview done well. And I, I think I did. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, we had a little bit of problems with the audio. So if you're listening, you may notice that the audio is slightly off. Although I'm proud of myself because when we got the audio and I was like, holy shit, I can't put this out. But then I was able to get the audio and take out the background noise that you could hear it for the most part. Like it was way different when I got it than what we put out. And so I was proud that I was able to savage it. So yay me. Yes, yeah. Extraordinaire. She did a masterful job of, of video. I'm sorry, of audio editing. <laughs> So, you know, in my next life, because I believe I, I I believe that you do not come into this world with just one career. I mean, who does that? I've lived many lives. And race. So the idea that, you know, if God forbid I move on and decide to do the gourmet goober or something more, like get more into production, basically, of producing, I can point to this and say, hey, this is what I was able to do. <laughs> I fixed the audio. Yay. <laughs> See, now you're like Anthony Anderson in Hustle and Flow. <laughs> Although no one's singing Whoop That Trick. No. <laughs> if you want, I could try. <laughs> no. no, I think it, the interview went really well. Um, it was funny, though, because I did mention the rabbit ears, and they kind of laughed at that. Um, the cool thing about the interview, and I hope you guys listen to it, it's a very short Gooper bite um, was the revelation that we know what the next one of the next big burgers of the day is going to be in the next season. So if you watch Bob's Burger, you know, one of the sight gags, many sight gags that the show has is they feature something called the burger of the day. Right. And so it changes. So there's like some that comes with Brussels sprouts and um, different you know, ingredients to kind of enhance a burger. Um, famously, Louise changed a burger to, remember the first episode, she changed it to the child monster? Yes. Because <laughs> it came with candy. <laughs> that did not go over well. <laughs> uh, so, um, one of the featured, um, one of the last questions I asked was a question you gave me, because they only gave me 15 minutes. When you do these press junkets, I mean, I knew a little bit about it, even though I've never participated in one. This is actually the first of many. Um, hopefully, I'm just going to speak that in the universe. But you only get a set time in minutes, and when you're done, you're done, right? And we were able to time it up to the last second. I was so proud of myself. Um, but the interview, we had talked about several things. And the last question I had I, I normally ask when we have guests on the show, what's the best thing you ate this week? But I knew that would be more complicated to get in with the time allotted. So, and for all of them, the answer. Yes. So I asked them instead about your question, which is the burger of the day. Like, where do they get the ideas from? Have they tried it? Do they have a favorite? Um, Are they like actual real concepts that like can actually be replicated in a real restaurant somewhere? Exactly. And the in, the answer I got from Lauren was actually really fascinating. Uh, one that he mentioned, and I love this answer, 
that they don't want to say what the burger of the day is because the other burgers would get jealous, but I think it's so cute. <laughs> but then they also said that they try to make the burger of the day something that was easy to be replicated and not just a joke recipe Yeah, because they want to show that Bob is actually a real chef. But then we got it. He volunteered that a future burger of the day will be. Well, do you want to say it or do you just want them to like check out the. Oh, that's potential, like show that way you can find out what his response was. Oh, you know what? That is great promotion. You're right. Teaser. <laughs> That's right. You have to go listen to find dun, out. Dun, dun. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> Dude, it's only 18 seconds. I mean, not 18 seconds. 18 minutes. You can do that. If you can listen to our long-ass podcast, you can listen to that. <laughs> That's right. Listen for those few minutes and get your life. <laughs> Why, thank you. And see, that's why I, I'm with. That's why I roll with Big Daddy. No. <laughs> I'm just sitting here talking to myself because if you really, if I had to be honest at this very moment, yes, I very much listened to the interview. Yes, I critiqued the interview. At the same time, I was not part of the interview, and as such, I have never seen the movie nor the promo. Not the promo. Sorry, I, she had the what was it? The uh, the actual uh, film. Well, I had the screener sent you to had me, the screener. Yeah. but you didn't have a chance to do the screener nope. because you had to be at work. So I was so, like, oh, I get to watch it. So as of yet, <laughs> still haven't seen it. So I don't know. I might have to go to the movie theater and this weekend and check it out. I would be willing to pay for it. It was that good. Okay. <laughs> but if you like Bob's Burgers, I mean, it's a lot of your favorite characters are back in the movie, which is great. Um, a lot of great original songs which is one of the things that makes this movie so special. Um, I got to say, the plot, I was really kind of, there was a couple moments in the plot, I was like in my feelings, like really like scared for the Belchers. <laughs> I had to remind myself like, Jennifer, this is an animated show. You're okay. They're fine. They're not really in danger. They're not real people. But I was engaged with it that enough that I felt it. Wow, that's but, cool. But yeah, it was... A great time. So if you want to see in the theater, we can. Um, but yeah, that gave me some joy. So please listen to the episode. Um, hopefully, like we know we talked about some heavy shit at the beginning of this podcast. But I'm hoping that either seeing the movie or listening to the interview will just give you a, a brief reprieve. And speaking of that, one other thing, if you happen to have cable. I'm not sure if it's on regular television. But I found out that Bob's Burgers put out a secret short this week. Okay. And I've only seen it on cable. I don't know if it's on regular TV or on Hulu where they stream it. But honestly, the short is called, and I'm not kidding, My Butt Has a Fever. I'm sorry, your what has a where? It's a Bob's Burgers short called My Butt Has a Fever. It's about six minutes long. <laughs> it's a new Bob's Burger short that they put on TV. Maybe they'll put it on YouTube because a lot of the shorts are on YouTube. But, oh, my God, it is really, really funny. <laughs> I don't know where to go at this moment. <laughs> so if you want to give yourself a laugh and get away from the news of the week, watch My Butt Has a Fever. You know another thing you can watch? 
And I promised to talk about the last episode, and we can talk about it now because it's been almost a month, and I'm going to start streaming on June 22nd. Doctor Strange, y'all. Yes, I did see the movie. Okay, I did get to see (laughs) Doctor Strange with her. Marvel blurred. Yes, yes. The movie was great, by the way. And you know the great thing about the movie? Well, first of all, let me just pat myself on the back. Because we saw the way for the see this movie, and I didn't like shake you every five minutes telling what's on screen. See, that's growth. <laughs> that is growth. Because <laughs> she usually has to sit in the corner and explain to me every single article of what, or every single like, like little tie that comes in. I'm exactly like, like that's Mister Fit. Okay, I'm not going to give it away. Well, look, it's been a month. Y'all know who it is. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for all of this. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. So I love the movie because it was a wonderful way to kind of tie in several properties. So WandaVision fed directly into this. Um, it kind of, what if, fed into this too with the character of Captain Carter. Um, yeah, so it's kind of Marvel television and Marvel movies have always existed. And, but I think now with the current iteration, they've done a really great job to tie both the TV shows and the movies together. So they make sense, which in ways that they haven't done it before. So for example, if you're a fan of Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., it used to be canon and now it's not canon. And I don't know what's going on with that. I'm not going to get into the weeds because I know not everyone watches it. Yes, I'm going to give you like, <laughs> because me, like being the Marvel dum-dum, the way that the Goober has explained this to me was like, you know, like almost like the little serial centric circles and or the sandboxes. Yes. And I'm sitting here like, um, okay. Long story short, there are okay. different sandboxes and we move things from one sandbox to the big sandbox where it has the MCU. And so they've done a better job of joining the sandboxes together. And that's all I'm going to say. But but I have to say, I love this movie not only from the aspect of the storytelling, but I've always been a big Sam Raimi fan. Big Daddy can tell you that if you think I'm obnoxious talking about Marvel, the one movie that drives you insane that I lose my shit for is Army of Darkness. Yes. yes. <laughs> Remember that one time we were at Shula, um, what was it? Shuma's Pizza? Or no, Burger. Um, Zuma's. Oh, Kuma's Burger. Kuma's Burgers, yes. Kuma's Corner. We waited an hour and a half to get into Kuma's Corner, which is this fabulous burger place in Chicago. I was excited not only for getting my first Kuma's Burger, but because also... They were playing Army of Darkness on the big screen in front of us. We ate at the counter. And <laughs> I made friends with the people around me because we were all quoting Army of Darkness and you were putting your head down like you didn't know us. Yeah, I'm just saying, uh, but that's cool because, you know, I had a burger in front of me. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to munch on this burger and act right. But at the same time, it's not like I haven't seen Army of Darkness because Lord knows. Your ex-roommate. Yeah, my, my ex-roommate. Um kind of looked like what was what was Bruce Campbell's character? Um gosh. Why can't I think now? See, this is why I mess up, but yeah. thank you. Ash. Ash. His name is Ash. So anyway, 
if you are a big Sam Raimi fan, it has a lot of the Sam Raimi, kind of the comedic horror moments. I know a lot of people have complained, particularly if you're a parent, about the level of violence that's in the movie. Mm. Honestly, okay. I don't I don't think it's that bad. But then again, I grew up watching horror, so my skew of horror is a little Wait different. A the the parents were afraid. I'm sorry, they were like concerned about what again? Well, there's a lot of parents who are concerned about the level of violence that's in this movie because it's a Marvel movie. But was it not a PG-13 movie? Well, yeah. And, so, well, a lot of people are saying that this should have been rated R because of the brutal way that she killed them. But, dude, I grew up in Poltergeist and people pulling off their faces. So, this is nothing. <laughs> we, we were children when gremlins were out and killing people over a Christmas movie. So, honestly, this is sort of a cuddly Care Bear movie by Sam Raimi by comparison. Okay. But... <laughs> It is a little intense, but it has a lot of the key Sam, Sam Raimi uh, moments as far as the character design, the comedic horror moments. Um, there are some brutal scenes. Um, but not that bad. Bruce Campbell's in it. The Captain Carter scene and what happened to her. Allegedly. <laughs> I'm not spoiling it for everybody. No, no. But... We already said spoiler alert. Okay. Um, Bruce Campbell... That's not a spoiler. Bruce Campbell's in every one of his movies. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was awesome. And yeah, loved it. So super psyched about that. And of course, Miss Marvel comes out this week too. Woohoo, by the time this podcast comes out. So that gives me joy. And I am glad that it gives you joy. Yeah, because we need joy. <laughs> joy. Joy to be. <laughs> be near you. So I tell you what, um, was there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, before we go to break? Yeah, because I know this is a long, really long segment, but I think we need to get that out for chess. Okay. I don't have anything, like, pending for me, but I will say, before we go to break, seriously, uh, for the people out there, I know you're not, like, big WNBA fans. Oh, yeah. Which are all Americans. Yes. So I would like to say, y'all fans of, you know, basketball, let's say. We um, need to bring home Brittany Griner. Yes. Uh, WNBA player Brittany Griner is currently incarcerated, as what they say, in the land of Russia. For over 100 days. For over 100 days. She's been there for a while, being held on charges of that we don't quite know all the ramifications of. But they seem pretty minor for the reasons that they're holding her. But I, I don't live in Russia, so I, I'm not going to explain. They say it's trumped up charges, but yeah. But she's a black woman. She's a queer woman, both of which puts her in danger, unfortunately, in Russia because, <clears throat> particularly with the LBGTQ um, community, community, they harassment is sort of a state thing in Russia. So right. many people, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but no. many people are worried about her safety um, right now. So right. thank you for reminding us of that. Yeah, and the reason I'm doing that is because it bears repeating over and over and over again because the news cycle is a fickle beast. And that, you know, 
today we could worry about Britney. Tomorrow it could be something else. It could be inflation we could be talking about. But more, more importantly, let us just say every single day that I'm, you know, here, like, you know, talking to you, I want you to understand. I don't know if you are a fan of Britney Griner or you know about Britney Griner, but she is one of you and that she deserves to be, you know, able to come home and be with her family, her friends, her teammates, bring Britney home. That's just all I'm going to say. There, just so you know, um, the WNBA um, and the NBA Players Association both are asking people to um, bring attention to Britney's plight. Um, there's many who are believing, unfortunately, that she's being held and tied into what's going on in Ukraine as a way of lording it over the United States. Um, and so they're encouraging people to, as you say, keep her in the news cycle right. by signing a petition. Um, I've already signed it. I have. And I'm going to put a link to the position in the show notes, and we will keep it in the show notes every episode until Brittany comes home. So we ask that you please sign the petition, please share it with others, and let's help bring this incredible basketball player home. I mean, I, I think there would be more attention to it if it was like, I mean, Brittany, if you don't watch the WNBA like I do, it's hard to quantify in the words how incredible Brittany Grainer is as a player. She is just amazing. And as she is uh, as a uh, an American and as a, a human spirit and she does so much for the community but that doesn't even matter she just deserves to be brought home so please sign a petition please share it and we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we will have three stories i promise it will not have anything to do with what we talked about in the first segment um that covered the intersection of food and pop culture we're you're listening to the gourmet goober podcast we'll be right back Hey guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Loreno. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today at Amazon.com. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. Hi, it's T Outlaw. And we are back with the second segment of the Gourmet Goober Podcast. Um, the segment that we affectionately call What's Eating Us, where we talk about three stories that meet the intersection of food and pop culture. And these three soldiers, why is soldiers? These three stories, say that five times fast, definitely meet that criteria. Although I want to apologize for everyone in advance because we record um, in our house at our dining room table as of right now because we're still looking for a better place to record um, with better acoustics. And the reason why I'm, I'm volunteering that information is that 
we either have what's going to be a meeting of the minds in terms of a peace treaty <laughs> or it may break out an all off all out thermal nuclear war. What are you talking about the East Coast, West Coast that's underneath the table? Yes. <laughs> so let me explain. We we have two cats, for those of you who might not regularly listen to the show. Or care. <laughs> and we have one dog who we affectionately call our doggy producer, Braxton. So ever since we brought Braxton home, our cats, from the time they were kittens, were raised around a dog. And then unfortunately the dog died. And after some time, we replaced them with a new pet. So we thought, oh, my gosh, they'll get along, right? They, they know dogs. Nah, they, they can't be bothered with Braxton. They do not like him in the least. <laughs> and that is, of course, until about, what, six weeks ago? Yeah, that's about right. When they started making their way out of the room that they usually hide from the dog from. And they decide that, you know what? This is our house, too. We're not hiding from the dog anymore. We're just going to make this our space. So cat number one, the oldest of the two, doesn't want to be bothered with it. Cat number two has no gives no fucks. <laughs> and so he'll regularly sleep in the chair. He sat next to T on the couch with the dog on the other side of T watching a game. Um, so usually they can get along with some kind of ebony and ivory type harmony. No, no. Well, I would say about 60% of the time. No, there's no 60% of the time. Yeah. Like if there's, if they're in two different spaces, like in the same room, yes. But if they're close to each other, yes. Like it's almost like doggy death or pet (laughs) death row up in here. Well, the thing is the cat has been known to to slap the dog if he gets tired of him. But right now they're both chilling quietly underneath the table. For right now. So we're we're excited that maybe this is like a new stage in their relationship or worried that we're going to get talking and then something's going to rumble. <laughs> so if you hear the, oh my God, <laughs> reach for the mic. You, you'll you understand that what happened is they realize that they have been sitting peacefully next to each other underneath the table, and that cannot stand. You know, sort of like that scene from Ghostbusters, dogs and cats. Yeah, living <laughs> together, together in harmony. Total no, anarchy. That, that, that's not gonna... Mm. Yeah, it's like that's the line from Bill Murray. So we're going to try to get through this as quickly as possible before the war breaks out. Okay. And I, I don't take that word lightly, but yeah, when they scrap, they scrap. <laughs> so the first story in our segment is actually something that Big Daddy made me promise not to sing about. <laughs> oh, dear Lord, that story. <laughs> so the story is that there is going to be in Beverly Hills beginning this July a Golden Girl themed pop up restaurant. Yes. A Golden Girl themed restaurant. Yes. <laughs> How? So it's going to be a fully functioning restaurant and bar that transports guests um, to the moment they, from the moment they walk through the doors, and it's going to fully recreate 
um, the setting from the main setting from the Golden Girls. So the restaurant, which the experience, which will cost about $50 a pot, but you'll get reserved sitting, um, a choice of entree, and of course, cheesecake, because it cannot be a girl, girl restaurant without cheesecake, right? <laughs> you'll be able to also have items such as Sophia's lasagna, either with meat or vegan, the Dorothy which they call it a Miami-style sandwich. So I'm guessing it's probably a Cuban, right? Like a solid Cubano sandwich. Right. And is then... From, is it from Fernandez, the Bull Cafe? I, I'm not sure of that. You're going, you know, the little Ricky Ricardo-like, you know, sandwich. What? What are you, what are you talking it's like horrible. that? It's horrible. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> we don't know what the... It's just a Dorothy Spornak. You know, it might be just, you know, dry toast. <laughs> And, of course, Blanche Georgia-style cookies, which I imagine would have some type of peach. They also will serve a full beverage menu, which will have drinks like the Tea Arthur. I love that. Okay. <laughs> and Rose on Rosé. Yeah, I was wondering, does Rose get a sandwich or some kind of uh, savory meal? I'm thinking Rose would probably get ice cream or something since she was raised on a dairy farm. Oh, Okay. From, you know, like a St. Olaf style. Yeah. Ice cream. Okay. So the great thing is that they say the key to the experience is that you'll have Instagram worthy photos that come with it. So you'll be able to be at actually be at their kitchen table. You'll be able to sit on the lanai or even take a selfie in front of the palm. How awesome is that? And, and they what? said that you could. Actually, walk through Shady Pines on the way to the pop-up store, <laughs> so I can go with you and threaten to take you to Shady Pines. Oh my goodness! All right, so bear with me. What? What's the lanai? <laughs> it's the lanai. It's that place that they sat outside. Remember, it's. A, I am shocked at all the times you've watched the Golden Girls. You are not familiar with the lanai. It's like their little. Space that they set outside in. So it's like, uh, what again? Like a porch? Really? Really? <laughs> I'm just asking. Are you confused? Or are you you're kidding with me? No, but if you would follow the, you know, the actual promo... <laughs> Yes, a lanai. It's a type of porch, yes. I'm sorry. Excuse me, Crystal Carrington. That was the follow-up line in the show. <laughs> you really were waiting to do that, I was so, you? like, I, I was waiting for you to, like, serve me up. And you just, <laughs> you just couldn't serve it. Like, you couldn't give me that Serena Williams, like, serve. <laughs> I am just see. See this for see, that. She I was, was. I thought she was a Golden Girls fan. Oh, and then she just you know what? flat on me. Just for that, I'm gonna sing the theme song. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. I was walking around the house when I read this. Oh no, you're when not. We were going through. I was like, oh my god, can I see the theme song? No. <laughs>
If I can't sing Ricky Ricardo songs, you cannot sing the Golden Girls right now. Okay, first of all, there is no comparison. Okay. Second of all, dude, it's the Golden Girl theme song. You know it's going to be playing when you get there. I'm sure it will. And until it gets there, uh, until we get there, no. Can't do it. Well, according to Food and Wine, where we first heard of this story, um, the tickets are not available yet, but the event is listed on something that's called the Bucket Listers website, where you can actually join a waiting list for the notification of where they go on sale. So I personally would love to take advantage of it. Okay. And you can do dine-in or you can order out for local delivery if you are in fact in the area. So the the guy who does it, um, I guess his name is Derek Berry. He also did other pop-ups in the past, such as the Peach Pit pop-up from um, 210. He did the pop-up restaurant tied to Safe by the Bell. So like the, the Max. Pit. Oh, the Max. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And then he also did a restaurant themed around baking, Breaking Bad. The Safe by the Bell one was actually so popular, it came to Chicago. And it traveled around the rest of the country. So I remember that one distinctly. Good for them. So what do you say? Are you excited about the Golden Girls theme restaurant? And if not, what, what classic TV show do you think they should do a restaurant for yet? Although I think I know you would probably say the facts of life are different tropes, right? For Mrs. Garrett's cooking? I, no. Well, okay, I mean, it would be nice to revisit it, but I would, there's nothing like, yeah, that just constrains me. Like, is there like a big following for the facts of life, um, like in terms of a restaurant? Well, no, they haven't been a pop-up restaurant yet, but they should be. I mean, think about it. They could have, um, they could have their surfers on skates, like Tootie. Come on, that would be fun. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember. It would be amazing. I'm trying to remember in the latter years of the Facts of Life, like what kind of store Mrs. Garrett actually opened. They opened some kind of deli, I think. Okay. See, it would have worked. It would have worked. I don't know, like I. Maybe a Seinfeld-related, you know, like soup kitchen. Uh, do I already have that? I think they're actually opening up a Seinfeld. I guess there's like a really a bit like a real one somewhere. Um, I okay, yes. Would I and like would I visit the Golden Girls Cafe? Of course. Um, I try once or twice just to see what the food is like. Um, but in terms of, I guess in terms of like a a restaurant like you know i would love to have a restaurant inside jefferson cleaners <laughs> i know that it would a like, jefferson's restaurant yes what would they serve florence johnson style cooking but what recipes would they serve i'm i'm sure there's some george jefferson like you know they would have like you know uh sandwiches with like you know uh with the kind of hairstyle they could do like you know the slop sandwiches, um, you know, the Louise Jepson you know style cooking. Oh wait a minute, the Tom and Helen Willis, you know. Well, okay, I'm not gonna go that deep because I'm gonna make it sound like stereotypical. 
I, I, oh, wait, I, you gotta have the Lionel. You know, the Lionel's gotta be hot. Uh, okay, you know what? I don't even want to know what the Lionel is. Hey. I'm not gonna ask you, but <laughs> that would be an interesting rough. You know what? I can't imagine. Like, I know what restaurant would not be a good, what television show would not be a good restaurant. Like, I wouldn't eat in an elf restaurant. Yeah, you're right. I would not <laughs> eat an elf style restaurant. You'd have to wonder if, like, the sandwiches are made of cat. Ah, yes. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Have there been a Bob's Burgers themed restaurant? Because if not, they should be. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah, yeah, I thought that was automatic since you know it's Bob's Burgers. I, I I'm just I, I'm almost anticipating that's just go, that's going to come. Just nothing but burgers of the day. <laughs> yeah, that would be fabulous. And we know they don't serve sweet potato fries because there was famously was an episode of Bob's Burgers where he was pissed that sweet potato fries actually was the thing. So we know that. Um, you know I don't. I'm having a difficult time thinking of what classic television show I would want to be as a restaurant. No, I'm sure we like if we really sat down and thought about it. You know, there are, I'm sure, are plenty good restaurant styled. You know, hey, wait a minute. What about the? Uh, well, okay. What about the? What was it? The Karen Caden Koji style. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I have gone through like this kick where I'm like obsessed with the streaming service BritBox. So BritBox, if you've not heard of it, it's like a, it's a streaming service put together by two broadcasting um, companies out of the United Kingdom and Great Britain. So the BBC, which everyone's heard of, and then ITV. And there is a sitcom that I've been watching that I actually just finished binging both seasons. It's called Kate and Koji. And the whole premise is Kate is this like curmudgeon of an older woman who lives in an area outside of Essex and Great Britain. And she runs this cafe that used to be run by her mom. And Koji is um, a gentleman who is seeking asylum in the United Kingdom um, from his home country. And while he's seeking asylum, he's not allowed to work, right? <laughs> but in his home country, he is a very well-respected doctor. So he and Kate make an agreement where he will not, quote-unquote, give out <laughs> medical advice to the right. people at the diner in exchange for free food um, from Kate. Now, I have to say, some of the stuff that they have on there, I probably... You're right. That would make actually a really good restaurant, except for the beans on toast. I, I still don't understand the British fascination with beans on toast. So we have a lot of international listeners. So if you guys are, are listening, or you can get back, first of all, to the people from Kate and Koji, because I love that show. <laughs> I'm addicted. I'm actually sad. I'm out, of, I'm out of episodes. And now I'm looking for stuff to stream. Um, but yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Some of that restaurant would be really good, I think. Yeah, that would be good. Otherwise, let me think. I had one on top of my... Okay, wait a minute. I've always had this concept, and I'm not trying to introduce something that you know shouldn't be introduced, but I would like to introduce a pop-up restaurant based upon Abbott Elementary, like cafeteria, you know, like 
school cafeteria food from Abbott Elementary. Abbott Elementary? Yes. Huh. I hadn't thought of that. Although, no offense, cafeteria food is not my favorite thing, so. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it never wasn't for me in, like, you know, junior high and high you school. You just want an excuse to get this. Big Daddy likes the square pizzas that you used to get in the cafeteria. He talked about that all the time. You just want the square pizza you can only find in school and cafeteria. Okay, and what's wrong with that? <laughs> that's the only thing. Yeah. I have no idea what just happened. I'm so sorry you guys are listening. Oh my god. We're rocking out. See, that could be the music playing in the background of the restaurant. Oh. My my new computer's possessed. So anyway, <laughs> you know one thing that I you know what? Isn't Abbott Elementary set in Philadelphia? Yes. Okay. I will do that. Let's do that as long as we have Philly cheesesteaks served there and real Philly cheese. You know, in my opinion, the only real Philly that comes with like the cheese, the Velveeta cheese sauce. Oh, uh, the cheese whiz? The cheese whiz, yeah. Okay. So I, I think that I, I think you might be onto something. So I will co sign on that. You can have your basic <laughs> school pizza, I can have the cheese whiz. And speaking of cheese, that does lead to our second story. (laughs) So how many of you out there love cheese? I mean, really, really love cheese, right? (laughs) If you can see Big Daddy, Big Daddy is so horrified by this next story. (laughs) Because if you're like me and obsessed with cheese, and particularly if you like Velveeta cheese, then... I got something just for you in the second story. So according to Food and Wine, starting today, as a matter of fact, when this podcast comes out, you can order the latest collaboration from Nails Inc. and Velveeta. That's right, people. There's a limited time nail polish duo that gives you everything you want. If you want everyone at your fingertips to smell and look like cheese. <laughs> so it's called the Velveeta Pinkies Out Polish Collection. <laughs> Big Daddy's horrified by this. It is a duo of nail polish that comes in two, as they say, summer worthy colors. A deep yellow called La Dolce Vita and a bright red called Finger Food. The two polish sets you can get it for $15, and right now it's available on the Nels Inc. website. Of course, we will put links of that on our show notes. They are cruelty-free, they're vegan, and they both smell like cheese. <laughs> so if you ever wanted to take advantage of that, um, now your fingertips, you could actually wear your love of Velveeta. And get this, get this. You can also get for an additional $4.99 a set of stickers. And you can get them from Amazon.com. And it looks like little cheese nail decals. 
so your fingers can look like they have actual <laughs> dripping cheese off of them. <laughs> oh my god! And I, I have to say this. It takes a lot to shock Big Daddy into being speechless, but right now he is utterly speechless. <laughs> All right, what do you think? What do I think? Yeah, baby, if I, I don't know, decide to rock nail polish featuring this fabulous new thing. Because, okay, you know, I'm... I've started growing out my nails, finally, and started doing the nail polish thing from time to time. Okay, I would like to believe that women have their own, you you know, privilege. You can rock whatever you feel comfortable with. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is completely <laughs> up to, you know, women, their individual style. As a, you know, as a man, you know, do you. But me personally, I'm, I'm calling this whole thing trash. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> No, it it you know when y'all had like the the where you scratch and snip and whatever type. Okay, that was cute for all of like a minute, but there comes this point where <laughs> you want to put on something that because for the stick on your hands, it's got to be with some acetone or whatever that be on your hand. Uh, but yeah, you're like putting this thing on and it smells like cheese. Okay. Which is good for all of a minute, but then there comes this point where cheese doesn't always smell good, and anything your hand interacts with is now going to interact with that cheese smell. So as does, unless you thoroughly wash your hands throughout the entire process, but your this whole thing is going to stink. Your hands are always going to smell like the cheese as long as you wear the polish on it. No, it won't. It's going to smell like cheese and ass. It's going to smell like cheese and bad buttered toast. It's going to smell like cheese and like, I don't know, like ranch dressing. It's going to smell like funk (laughs) after about an hour. (laughs) This is a bad idea from the start because even after a day or so, that cheese smell is either going to wear off or it's going to come in contact with anything else that your hands come in contact with. Like, I don't know, garlic, and it's just going to stink. Okay. Um, I think you've upset the cat because the dog is right here. <laughs> My little doggy should night. The dog is looking at us. Incidentally, I think the dog would like it to smell like cheese because. He likes cheese. Yes, I will be the most popular person in the house if my fingertips are like cheese. That said, I think you've destroyed it forever now talking about how your hands will smell like cheese and ass. Thank you for that. That's just my, you know, my kid with you. (laughs) Nothing good can come from this, like, little concoction. Oh my god. Okay. If you walk around with that for an hour, that's you know, that's on you. That's fine. But after that, you know, that initial touch or coating, <laughs> nothing good is going it's kinda of like, you know, you drive a car off the lot. After the first, you know, 
few minutes of, you know, driving off the lot, you know, putting this on your hands or whatever, it's it's not going to smell good after a while. Just even in air, it's just the punk will roll and it will not be pleasant for anybody you interact with. Well, here's the thing. Eventually, I mean, isn't there like something that happens with people where if you smell a scent for so long, you no longer smell it, right? So technically, the cheesy effect should last, what, maybe about 10, 15 minutes tops, and then you don't smell anymore? So it wouldn't be bothering you if I guess everyone else around you. Yes, everyone else around you is going to be like, who's walking in here? Like, literally, you hand them a piece of paper, and you're like, or a piece of mail, and you're like, why is your, why is your hair smell like burnt Belbita? That does bring up a good point. I don't think this is, if you happen to, like, work in a space, <laughs> it's probably not a good idea to wear this to the office. <laughs> you can't wear that out on a date. <laughs> I don't know. What, you know what, what if, what if your girl really likes the cheese? What if she's like a Rose Nyland? I bet that thing is like catnip. The only <laughs> no, it's better than Axe body spray. It'll be the nail polish cheese. Yeah, think about that. You have a guy with Axe and a woman with Belbita nail polish <laughs> interacting. I wouldn't want to be like within a mile of that couple. That would be a horrible date. It would just be like funking Axe all over. That would be the worst. That would be like some kind of weird, like weird Jersey Shore type hookup. And on that note, ooh, sorry. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know, like a snooky date. <laughs> There's no reason to bring her into this. So, Big Daddy, yes, we're making all sorts of different background noise. Big Daddy is not a fan. No. I'm okay. not. You want anything else? Because I'm, you know, I'll go deeper and, you know, it could get more, you know, it could get nastier, but okay. I'm just saying, Let's I'm just not Let's not do this. So if you are so intrigued that you would like to try this yourself, even with the cheese and ass warning that Big Daddy gave, I, like I said, I will have the links in the show notes. So hopefully that will be something that may entertain you, especially considering the last story may not give you so much joy <laughs> other than the hilarity that will naturally ensue if you show up to work or on a date with your fingertips smelling of cheese. <laughs> and that is a warning um, that people in, in the food industry is putting out, particularly those involved with like movie theaters, grocery stores, basically anybody who deals with popcorn. So, oh crap, this may even affect Garrett. <laughs> I'm clutching pearls right now. So not long ago, peeps, when the pandemic had movie theaters closed, right? America had what was essentially a popcorn surplus, right? Because think about it. Farmers every year anticipate how much 
popcorn to make based on, you know, what they anticipate would be a huge buying season in the summer. Now, movie theaters are coming back open with like Doctor Strange, Thor's coming out, um, Top Gun Maverick just came out over Memorial Day. And so people are going back to the stores as they are the theaters as they become vaccinated. Well, there's only one problem with that. They're projecting, according to the Wall Street Journal, what will be a popcorn shortage. That's right. So what they're anticipating, um, and it comes from a variety of factors, from a lack of um, truckers available to transport the kernels, supply chain issues, Um, with the lining that protects the popcorn bags, even increased fertilizer costs with rising inflation, all of those are coming together for what they um, anticipate to be a tightening of the popcorn supply. In fact, this article actually um, shared a recent interview that Ryan Rinke, um, he is the Director of Operations and Technology Um, for a theater out of Connecticut, he explains that, you know, a few months ago, it was hard to get the canola oil even for the popcorn. And then there was a problem with the containers for the popcorn because they don't have the glue in order to close the box that the oil came in. And then, of course, that affected the containers and manufacturing those. And so right now they're anticipating that there will be a big shortage um, maybe when you go to your local theater this summer to see the next blockbuster, maybe popcorn may not be what's available for you to eat. Okay. Right now I am holding myself back. I want to respond, but I don't want to respond in a way which will make the audience think that I am a stark, raving, mad, Lewis Black style, you know, individual who is unhinged. Big but, Daddy really likes popcorn. Yes, I love popcorn. <laughs> popcorn loves me. Uh, this this belly I have here was built on the back of popcorn. <laughs> and other things, a, too. No, basically, on popcorn and Diet Coke or Pepsi or whatever, but nonetheless... No, I'm calling BS from the start. I think this is not so much an issue of, oh, we have, you know, a surplus and now we have a shortage because people in order. This is called a, I took, I took a, I know I failed a business class in college, but. (laughs) I think that what he's about to say with the great assault. Yes. At the same time, <laughs> go for a surplus to, you know, a, a constriction or a restriction. And you say to yourself, how did that happen? No, it's called bad business management. How long does, like, popcorn stay in a tin? Like, uncooked popcorn. If you keep it in a bag and recess it, you can hold it for a while. Well, okay. Well, that's true. Popcorn can get rancid, so I do know that. Yes, popcorn. Don't ask me how I know. Like, okay, popcorn in a, yeah, I get 
some of the part about, you know, hi, microwave popcorn in this preservative state. Yes, it can be, you know, in a space where, yeah, it can go bad, you know, after, you know, a couple months, after six months, whatever. That being said, you know, for the movie theaters and or like, you know, the people who use air pops. Yes, if you put it in a sealed bag, unpopped for a while, it should last. Well, yes and no. I mean, here's the thing. And I just looked it up. Okay. So, (laughs) popcorn holds its moisture for about 6 to 12 months. And once the kernels go stale, um, the unpopped kernels can dry out. And so the texture won't be as fluffy. And instead of a crunch, you'll have kind of like a soft chew to it. Throw some butter on it. We can call it. We don't need all that. <laughs> so you're just like, you don't care. No, I don't care. Because odds are they probably did go stale in the pandemic. Because think about it, how long, okay, how long during the pandemic did it take us to go to the theater? Like, do you remember the first movie that we went to the theater to go see out of the pandemic? I believe it was Black Widow. Okay, it was. So the pandemic was out for over a year, right? Yeah. So this popcorn was sitting for over a year's time. And then eventually they had to get fresh service in. But and again, this is partially because of the fact that I grew, where I grew up where I grew up. And even though, no, I did not grow up on a farm, 4-H was a thing where I lived. So I know way more than I possibly should. So understanding how far in advance they project their growth cycles, they probably way cut down on their production of the maize that they use to turn in the popcorn because of that. And that's what led to the shortage. And you're like, you don't care. No, I don't care. <laughs> no, you knew what was coming. If you are, if you are open, if you are open for business, you had time to make better business decisions. We can put a man on the moon, but we can't put popcorn into theaters and get it going. Like I understand, okay, you know the uh, canola oil uh, might be a restriction. Okay, use some truffle oil, use some vegetable oil. I don't give a damn. Okay, you got some old. We need, you know, we don't have truckers delivered. Damn, I don't care if like you got some old grannies with some packages. I'm bringing in. Make better business decisions. I don't care if you can. We like we can, you know, use like things on cell phones. Like, can we like transport popcorn via that way? Okay, we can have that Uber eat it, you know, over. <laughs> so let's 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 try to calm down. No, there's no calming down. Didn't you also tell me it was like there there could be a shortage of like, you know, other things at the movie theater that could be restricted to like the candy and or like certain foods? Right. They're also talking that there might be a shortage of candy. So if Uh, you're out there like me that likes to non-pearl the snow caps, they may run out of that, dude. No, there's going to be no running out. You know what this is going to turn into? (laughs) I need for all you movie theaters, if y'all going to say, oh, you know, we're running low on whatever. Then you're gonna see a lot of brothers and sisters coming in with purses and or jackets. <laughs> you know, you're gonna have like as long as you got aunties with purses, 
you're going to start seeing people coming in with like chicken and some like, you know, they're going to be like, why is your, like, why is your jacket smell like Mexican food? First of all, we established that all of our listeners are in the community. Don't be ragged us out now with the, with the aunties coming into the theater with the big purse. Y'all don't need to know what's in that purse. They'll be like, man, why does your purse smell like curry? They'll be like, it smells like chicken, curry. It's and like, wait, like, is she bringing out tikka masala? Yeah, I haven't mind your business. Yeah. All of a sudden, you'll be like, wait a minute. <laughs> it smells like chicken and ass in here. <laughs> Where's the ass from? From the Bellevue and Nail Palace. <laughs> Because, you know, women will be weighing this stuff. But, yes, I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to open up that restriction on, like, you know, things that we can bring into the theaters. You know, because I'm like, oh, you're going to have restrictions? Guess what? We will come with our own surpluses. We will be bringing in our own, like, having pizzas delivered to, you know, to us at the theater. And or, like, you know, other things. They'll be like, oh, we have an Uber Eats, like, you know, delivery going. But at the same time, yeah, you're going to restrict my popcorn? Oh, no. That's like like restricting my gears. Oh, no. I will be walking into a theater watching a movie um, socially distanced um, with my food. Oh, no. There will be no restriction. And, yeah, for all you business people that are saying, oh, this is a restriction. Oh, you know, this is a shortage. Make no mistake. You are making bad decisions. (laughs) You are doing horrible things. And I'm like... That's your problem, not mine. So if you want us to, you know, to enjoy your movies and or for y'all to bring us like the people that make the popcorn, like the overrenbachers, the pop secrets, uh, who are, you know, like all the different popcorn makers, get on your grind, find a way, make it happen. Don't, don't, don't come with me like your shortage. You just trying to make money hand over fist. Yeah, I know the gas prices are high, but so damn it, think, Uber Eats. So you think this is like a way for them to boost up the price? Yes. <laughs> Popcorn's already high in the theater. Well, that is true. Yeah. Well, in case you're thinking about that, and I know that we had talked about this on the show before, but BuzzFeed a couple years ago helpfully shared um, a list of truly insane things that people have snuck into the movie theater. <clears throat> so if you're worried that you're going to be out of popcorn, here's some suggestions. Okay. Number one, they have a picture of these women who br- brought in, and they literally said this, so I'm not swearing, a whole ass watermelon. I'm impressed. <laughs> okay. Someone brought in a baguette, an entire cheesecake, Okay, whoever did this, I'm sorry. Not not that you would be invited to the cookout, but you are really not invited to the cookout for this. Someone brought a literal can of SpaghettiOs. Uncooked SpaghettiOs, no. Uncooked SpaghettiOs, okay. Someone brought an entire tray of cinnamon rolls. Okay, I'm, I'm, hey, and your movie theater smell like cinnamon rolls? Okay, I co sign. A tub of guacamole. Uh, were they celebrating Cinco de Mayo? <laughs> I don't know. So, oh, now see, I like this. Someone brought some mint chocolate chip ice cream in a plastic bag. And the bag was like in another bag of ice. 
to keep it cold. They're the real MVPs. Yeah, here. There, there's goals behind that. <laughs> I like it. Someone probably brought in some chicken wings. Of course. Lunchables. Sushi. Sushi. I was not aware he could do that. A, con- a crunch wrap supreme. A baked potato. These are all amateurs here. They are? Look, okay. These are people I, I well, with the, with the exception of the watermelon. Yeah. All of you guys are amateurs right here. Because, again, I grew up in a very large family <laughs> where going to the drive-in theater was a thing. My mom was like, okay, let me just say that Please, if you know my mother, don't let this get back to her because she has said many times for us to not talk about her. Don't put on, your name out, like, out on the there. podcast. But my mom back in the day when we used to hit the drive-in theater, ooh, my mom would bring like whole meals. <laughs> she would cook like whole meals for us to go. Seriously. Yeah, I get the feeling your mom would bring like whole things of pork chops and, and or like rice and salads and we would have a big look we brought so much food to the drive-in for years i didn't know they had a concession stand and i didn't know it was illegal to not bring food into the drive-in i thought everybody did it (laughs) one time i found out because one time we went to the drive-in to see a movie we were at the tim's drive-in in indianapolis and some you know how they like go from car to car to check and make sure that, you know, you're not doing anything illicit, like selling drugs or having sex or whatever in the car. It's your car. You can do whatever you want, I think, but Mm. they don't agree. So the person, it was in between shows, because usually when you go to drive-in theater, there are two movies that you get to see, right? So they still actually play the, let's go on to the movies and the dancing food, but... (laughs) The guy showed the flashlight, and we're in the back just getting our lives, eating sandwiches and drinking Capri Suns. And the guy gave us a dirty look. And my mom gave one right back. So they left, and we asked Dad, why was he angry? And Dad looks at Mom, oh, because we're not supposed to be eating this food. We're supposed to be getting food from the concession stand. And we're like, they have concession food? And Daddy pointed to the dancing, you know, let's go to the movies, the dancing popcorn and stuff. Okay. He's like, what do you think that's for? (laughs) We just thought that was just a commercial break in time. We didn't actually know that was telling us to go to the concession stand. Lord. (laughs) You think, okay, okay, I got, okay, you want to go there? All right. No. Okay. I could do one better. Like over in Griffith, when we uh when Griffith uh was open, like we would go there from time to time and like I very, definitely remember like going to a theater like back when I was in high school and we were sitting there and like for some reason like I dropped my keys um just before like I was leaving and when I was went to retrieve my keys underneath the seat, like there was a whole bunch of from I guess from like the people that were sitting in front of us. There was a whole bunch of like barbecue rib bones on the floor. And I was like. In the theater? Yes. 
in the theater, closed theater, not open. Yeah. And I was like, well, why did I not think of that? But no, I've never brought like straight up like, you know, barbecue ribs up in the theater. But I guess if you can sneak them in, you know, more power to you. Well, okay, we we did have ribs at the drive-in. And we went to the normal theater, too. But the drive-in was cheaper if you have, like, a large family like we did. Because you can get a whole car load in people. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So I know drive-ins aren't really popular anymore. But, dude, if you have drive-ins, you can avoid this whole popcorn mess. <laughs> Just don't be as obvious as we were flaunting the fact that we weren't going to go to your sorry ass concession stand. <laughs> we brought our own. <laughs> but yeah, for the people, you know, telling us like there's going to be a shortage of popcorn and candy. Oh, make no mistake. I don't like you. <laughs> don't don't think you're going to get over on me and jack up your prices. No. Oh, no, sir. That will not. That will not be occurring. So. As we close out this segment. This is just a warning to our listeners in Chicagoland. If you happen to hear, you know, somebody going a little ape shit at the concession stand because he can't get his popcorn while we turn a showing of Thor and Love and Thunder, <laughs> just know it's Big Daddy. <laughs> They're going to be like, why is this man walking in with this big old, like, you know, big old can, like, you know, tin of Garrus popcorn? That's going to be me. Mind your business. Mind your business. <laughs> Mind your business. Don't be that person and be nosy and ask. Mind your business. Yeah. I'm going to be like, yeah. Come talk to me about that. I'm going to be like Will Smith at the Oscars. You're going to be like, keep your, keep my popcorn's name out Shut your, your mouth. effing mouth. <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> On that note, why don't we close out the segment and then we'll return with our review of the best thing we ate this week. <laughs> We're, I'm sorry. You're listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. And I'm here to share something super exciting um, that the Gourmet Goober is launching its first newsletter, appropriately called Gooberland. <laughs> so it'll launch this fall and inside the newsletter, you'll get access to interviews, recipes, and other exclusive content. So sign up now. You can do so using the link in the show notes. You can also go to thegourmetgooper.com and sign up there as well. So hopefully you'll join us and be a part of Gooberland. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. And we're the hosts of A Dark Cup of History Tea, a spin-off series to our regular podcast, A Nice Cup of History Tea, where we dive headfirst into the weird and paranormal aspects of the world we all live in. If you want to know your woman in red from your woman in white, or precautions to take against demonic dolls, and just where to go to find Black Shuck on a moonlit night, why not give us a listen? Together we talk about the dark, creepy, and downright terrifying parts of our history and folklore, as well as what you should do if you ever encounter any of them. Interested? Come and find us in Buzzsprout, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, 
and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. So turn on the lights, grab a blanket and some rock salt, and, and let's, let's get, get dark. dark. We are back with the third segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast. This is JJ Outlaw, of course. I'm here with T Outlaw. And we are going to discuss probably one of our favorite segments of the show. That is the best thing we ate this week. And that's where we share recipes, restaurants, holes in walls, and everything in between, where we got some good grub and we tell you where to get it. <laughs> so, as always, we put that information in the show notes so that you too can enjoy some good food because. Life is too short to not have good food. So as always, we begin this segment with Big Daddy. And I'm almost dreading what you have to say. I kind of am too. <laughs> I I give you the floor. Thank you. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I, w- <laughs> I would like to formally announce an apology. I, not so much for an error, but more an error in judgment. I have, I was prejudiced. (laughs) I, I, I was, I was doing a lot of clowning. And I made fun of a certain, you know, fast food restaurant. I may have said some things that uh, may have been, uh, kind of harsh about their food. But... Goober. At one point, leave me out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Once brought this to my attention, said, "Hey, you know that this restaurant, that restaurant being Arby's, you know the one that has the meats. Oh God, has <laughs> a sandwich, and that sandwich was." Of all things, a burger. Which they're not known for. Which they are not known for. Roast beef, yeah. Chicken, yeah. Uh, everything else under the sun they can make, yeah. It's almost like going to a Greek restaurant. Be like, you show up, Arby said, you know, we'll, we'll try and make it. Not well, but we'll try and make it. But, um, so they say they were coming out with a burger. And I said, ha ha. There are plenty of people that have come out with burgers. There are plenty of joints. A lot of burger joints. Not just a burger, a Wagyu beef burger. A Wagyu beef burger. Right, a steak burger. Which, once again, I was like, really? Really, bro? Wait a minute, do you have Bing Rame saying, hey, we just gonna make, we gonna throw some on the wall and see if it sticks? First of all, Wagyu beef. That's a pretty excellent cut of meat. And how expensive. And, yes, very expensive. So I was like, mm, I don't know about that. But I say, you know what? I don't know how I feel about trying it. So I was like, at first, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about. It. I got a lot of other places in the world that's gonna make burgers, especially good, tasty steak burgers. But one day, the goober said, you know, what? we'll we'll try it just to see how it, how it goes because it's wagyu beef. I'm like, we want to see what came of it. So she picked it up, she brought it home, and this was like on the second try of, you know, of our rounds because you know you usually go to arby's you're like you pretty much go to arby's when like the lines at wendy's burger king mcdonald's uh sonic you could find go find a burger place and they'll be like 
if the line's along there or, you know, a wing stop or something, like, well, where is she going to go? Well, I guess we got to go to Arby's. It's like okay. This tagline is, I guess. I guess. Like, okay, we're going to hit that. <laughs> so at a certain point, we just got to say, well, you know, I guess we can try the Arby's burger, see how it tastes. And we tasted it. And I got to admit, I was absolutely, positively, radiantly shocked. Me, Tiala, actually liked their Wagyu Steak Burger Deluxe. I am going to, on the, on the air, say... I think it was the best thing I ate this week in terms, in terms of a burger from a restaurant that I very much under underestimated. Now, what the goober will want at a certain point lets you know is that she made something this week that was absolutely delectable. But damn it, I needed to come up with something for the best thing I ate this week. So that's what I came up with. Wait a minute. Stop it. So, are you just saying this because you just need to fill a segment, or you honestly felt this way? <laughs> Can both things be true? I honestly like what you made, but at the same time, then I need to feel I need to come up with something. So, technically, it's okay. While she's like getting some water, I just had to say yes. Both things can be true. She made an excellent dinner earlier this week, and. It's probably the best thing we ate this week. But if there's such a thing as seconds, uh, this was probably one of the best things I ate this week. So that's my answer. Okay, first of all, I think you just violated the spirit of this this segment with what you said. But damn it, I did it. I got to live with it. And I'm going to have to. I have to live the shame of saying this. Okay. So I'm going full throated with it. Okay, first of all, while you're saying this with your chest, let me just remind you, it is not a full Wagyu beef burger. Okay. Because that would be hella expensive, right? True. So first of all, they advertise as Wagyu beef, but really it's a mixture of Wagyu beef and ground beef. Just to be clear. And we don't know what kind of ground beef it is. It could be just chuck or something. <laughs> could be something less than chuck. I'm not criticizing them. I'm just telling you straight up fact. Second of all, I'm a little hurt that you're naming this just so that you can fill your part of the segment. <laughs> because again, that takes away for the validity of our choices and then what we present to your audience. That said... I'm like, what, are you a lawyer now? <laughs> She's got like binding by the contract. Bonnie, by the audio contract we make with our listeners, <laughs> we want to make sure that the stuff that we we recommend is solid. It now, is solid. So you're so he's standing by his idea that this is the best thing we ate this week. So the okay. best thing I ate this week. You you ate this week. Yeah, that's my testimony. Because to I it. too had one of these burgers, and now okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna diss the burger. And I think part of the thing is I had the bacon ranch, which I probably shouldn't have had. Um, because you're a ranch snob. Well, no. I mean, it's not like it's bad ranch or bacon or anything. 
honestly, I thought it was too salty for me, but that could just be that combination. Okay. And I think if I had something as simple as a deluxe, I probably would have felt differently. All right. So just to be fair. Secondly, the Burkhead consistency in and of itself is not bad. I mean, in fact, the burger is served medium well. Yes. So if you bite into the burger, you'll see some pink. They said that they complete the burger using the sous vide method. And I, why I love that and I'm impressed with that, I also know enough about fast food dining and fast food preparation that I sincerely doubt that they're really doing sous vide in the middle of the restaurant. Just like they had that like one like time video where you could see the beef smoking for hours on in the brisket. I'm going to need to see them do the sous vide. <laughs> I don't need to see the setup because I think it came sous vide and maybe they microwaved it. Because okay. sous vide, I mean, it's not a hard preparation process, but I, I just really wonder if a burger joint is doing that, especially when they're mass producing it. Yeah. Okay. okay. So to be fair, those are my questions I have with the burger. That said, it was a tasty burger. Now, was it the best thing I ate this week? I want to say no. And if it truly is the best thing you had this week, because you felt that way, and not just to fill a segment and be, <laughs> be contrarian, then I'm cool with that. Because <laughs> you made it sound like you were just doing it to be contrarian. I'm just like, like it sounded, this is what it sounded like to me. JJ, I know you made an excellent, excellent choice. And I would have chosen that the best thing I ate this week. But I need to fill the segment with something different. Because one thing that you may not know about Big Daddy, when it comes to our, our eating choices, Big Daddy has this little thing <laughs> that we cannot eat the same thing. <laughs> like, we can't order the same thing out of the restaurant. There has to be something a little different. Otherwise, it bothers them. So I wonder if you knew what I was going to choose as the best thing you ate this week, and you just need to fill that out for your segment. Once again, both things can be true. <laughs> so you're admitting that you are doing it for part of that. But on the other hand, you really like the burger. Okay. <laughs> so for those listening, and for those of you who are in relationships and or married, I'm doing this to save my damn marriage. <laughs> Because, yes, the goober made an excellent dinner uh, dish that she will speak about. At the same time, to save my ass, I am saying that the second best thing I ate this week is now, at this moment, my choice for the best thing I ate this week to fill this segment. That's it. Okay, we're not going to go any further with this. (laughs) That is your choice. And... If you can get the burger, I think it's available in the limited time. I'm not even sure if it's available at all, all Arby's, but I'll, as usual, I'll put a link in the show notes. Now, I also want to take this opportunity to say that we usually malign Arby's pretty hard on the show. So <laughs> while I cannot recommend their other menu choices for various reasons, the burger is pretty good, decent. Every once in a while, they it's have a good, good beef and cheddar. Yeah. The burger is pretty good, so I will give you that. <laughs> yeah. So now with that out of the way, and assuring that we will never get an Arby's 
sponsorship of any kind. My choice for the best thing we ate this week <laughs> actually was my shepherd's pie. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you like to repeat that? Because you got to quit laughing to be able to say it. Well, you ruined it now for everybody. Hey, I told you what I was going with. <laughs> I made a shepherd's pie, right? I'm, I've been going through this angler file kick. And no, it's not because the queen is celebrating her platinum jubilee. But because I sincerely am going through this English food kick. <laughs> and I made a shepherd's pie as opposed to a cottage pie. Which, by the way, for those of you who are listening, if you're like me and grew up eating shepherd's pie made with beef, that is actually not a shepherd's pie. That is known as a cottage pie. A shepherd's pie is made with ground lamb. <laughs> Lamb, <laughs> and I got a really great deal on ground lamb, um, and I also found I think it's called Coleman's Shepherd Pie mix, and it was imported from England. And I have Facebook friends when I do go on Facebook, very rarely, who recommend it, and they said it's kind of like a legit English shepherd's pie. In terms of the seasoning. Um, and so I thought, you know, I've never tried it before. Let me hook this up. And the recipe I use also called for cheese on top of the potatoes. And yeah, I have to say, this is probably the dopest shepherd's pie I've made ever in my life. <laughs> so Okay, if I'm allowed to talk. Because <laughs> once again, a lot of things can be true. Yes, it was. <laughs> I will testify for the goober. And I will second the motion that it, the shepherd's pie was very tasty. And as the goober will attest with certain dishes, it was actually technically better almost the second day. Yeah. I don't know why shepherd's pie tastes better the second day. It just does. Yeah. I mean, it, had, it was very rich. The veggies were in there, like, really good. The beef was, like, well-connected. I very much like, you know, the potato filling with the cheese on top because you know i'm not like a huge like heavy like on the cheese type person but it actually was a nice mix and it kind of came together very nicely yeah so i approve of this message <laughs> so i will actually put the recipe on our website and i will have a link to it so if you would like to try it yourself it is relatively easy to make pretty hearty and yes it tastes really great the next day so best thing i ate this week <laughs> thank you so now that we've maybe horrified our listeners where can they find you online <laughs> you can find me telling the truth <laughs> on social media um you can look for me on twitter at t outlaw that's t-o-u-t-l-a-w and on Instagram at Tiala Josie Wells. I'm always at JJ Outlaw on Twitter, and you can also find me at Gourmet Goober on Instagram. Please drop us a line, if even if you would like to share your own best thing you ate this week, by emailing us at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. While you're on our website, you can sign up for our upcoming newsletter that comes out this fall, which will be featuring um, other... Um, exclusive content that you can find there 
And then, of course, on our website, you can also help support our show, which there are multiple ways you can do that. Anywhere from reading a review to uh, writing a review on Apple, for example, sharing it with other individuals, to actually buying Goober swag. So buying merch helps keep the light on, which is very important these days. So on behalf of Big Daddy and I, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. And until next time, happy eating. Happy eating.